Welcome to the Pulse of the Heartland podcast, the podcast where no topic is off limits. Now welcome the boys of the Heartland, Bryant, Ryan, Clark, Joey, and Trent. Welcome to the Pulse of the Heartland podcast. This is episode 33. We have made it to Friday. That means it's the fun cast. We're going to hit <laughs> Somebody's pumped and ready to go, Joey. Uh, we're going to hit a bunch of topics here. So let's get right into this thing. Um, again, we want to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about because we will talk about it. Because um, we care. Yes, we care. Um, we do read the DMs. So, Joey, how can people DM us? We don't care. Don't ever talk to us. We, we give Jesus. two shits. No, Let's I'm kidding. Cancel Hit the us. podcast now. Yep. Hit us up on those DMs at Heartland Pulse, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been following, but Trent Meister, uh, host person, loves to share his smoking meat things on there, as do I. And we try to do a good job on the Instagram. Um, also, follow us on Facebook and uh, YouTube. Just uh, search at Heartland Pulse, and you can find us on there. All right. Well, Joey, what are you drinking? Uh, a lot of Bud Selects. I'm a lot of Bud Selects. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Bryant, what is on the can of whatever the hell you're drinking? I'm um, still on the backups right now. It's Forced Flare. Uh, it's the one that looks like the, uh, um, oh goodness, Jennifer Aniston from uh, Office Space here. Mm. So mm. It, it's another redo. Um, like I said, I bought so much beer, like trying to be creative. Now I'm like, now I just have a, I can get through like three of these in one podcast. So I've just had a bunch of like the one leftovers left. All right. You get, it's like Ryan. He's got to clean off the top of the fridge. You got to mm-hmm. clean out the inside of the fridge with your booze, your, your beers there, I guess. Exactly right. I got, when I have guests over, I got to make it look like I'm not a complete alcoholic with all these different beers just scattered across it. <laughs> well, if they're in your fridge, they don't think you're an alcoholic because you haven't drank them yet. When they're gone, that's when they're worried. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's the empties that they hear jingling around when Joey's around that makes you think. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ryan, what are you drinking? Um, I'm going straight Elijah Craig on this one, just going with some bourbon on the rocks. Nice. All right. I'm going to say for a cheap whiskey, cheap bourbon, it's only $30 a bottle. This is damn good stuff. Yeah. I'm so bad about, I like, I, I actually called Ryan when I left the liquor store Saturday morning. I go to the liquor store and like just browse the whiskey section. Cause if I'm going to drink booze, that's what it's going to be. And then I just don't buy anything. And I just go by Bush light. <laughs> yeah. you pr- that, that's why, like I've said, I've, I've turned it from like, is this going to taste good? I just go, what's got the best can. What's got the best name. Just yep. make it easy on yourself. So there you go, Trent. You need to find an Oak and Eden and find the Elijah Craig small batch. Like I said, for $30, that is an easy sipping whiskey. Brandon Spirits, they do, they do not have Oak and Eden. I looked for it. Well, they we're, had. We're going to shame them. Yeah, they have the Templeton Rye. Clark, you're going to have to help me out. What's it called? The barrel. 
cask barrel strength barrel, str- barrel age barrel strength something they have the templeton right of that and they have the 15 year whistle pig so um, i did look at those but again like i said uh, you know, bush light so this is a tailgaters what is uh oak Eden. well i don't know if they let you go into the bar and let you buy a bottle just tell them to buy a bottle let them buy a bottle let the boy <laughs> live a little come on yeah, I've seen I've seen plenty of westerns and cowboy movies where they're sitting there, they pour the glass, and they just tell them to leave the bottle. Just do that, dude. So, but that's they the sell thing. it it's... at Ivy and at the uh, Booze Boys, which I don't know if you know where that is. It's on South Cleveland Avenue. So if you want to get stabbed and get some Oak and Eden, good. <laughs> Booze Boys, we sell fun. That is their thing, <laughs> and um... maybe a gunshot wound. Yeah, so you mentioned it's at Tailgaters, but I'm a 212 guy, so I can't, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. They had a 212, but they, I don't know if they do. So, I mean, right, cl- you should really switch affiliation because isn't 212 letting you down by not having it? Mm, that's that's a, a difficult hey, hey, Ryan, why don't you stop making good points? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'll shut up. Yeah. It's my turn anymore. Yeah, let's just go to here. Let's see what Clark's drinking, okay? Well, you mentioned uh, the Templeton Rye barrel strength. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think this might have been the last barrel strength that probably is in the old style bottle. So, yeah, we're just going to pour a little glass of this here and watch the night disappear, I guess. That's how this usually goes. Clark hits it hard during the fun cast. Yeah, you brought it up. I was just going to be like, I'm drinking water after I had my peanut butter honey toast because I was feeling a little hungry. So Mm -hmm. I've changed my mind. Glad I could talk you into that. It's hard, man. Yep. So far, man. So far. How about you, Trent? Bush light. That's what I'm drinking. I'm nothing wrong with it. Going simple. I like me some bush light. So hey, um question. Trent can get the musician, but who's the musician of the night with those lyrics? Hit it hard, man. Clark's gonna get it. Um that is John Daly. Heck yeah. Legendary country superstar John Daly. He also sings a legendary version of knocking on heaven's door. Some people think it's because he's a major champion. No, it's because he's a country superstar. Yeah. yeah I, I think anytime you tee off with Trent, that song is on the boombox. So. Oh, 100%. I got real close to him at the uh, the Sanford International this fall. Uh, the first golfer I saw was just walking up a hill outside the to go to the entrance and here comes John Daly cruising along on his golf cart. I say, Hey, go get him, John. You know, gives me a little, gives me a little wave. So he's the man of the people. I'm pretty sure he was at Wakanda in uh, Des Moines a couple years ago. And yeah, he was like one of the few that just was using the golf cart. Everyone else is kind of walking it, keeping it professional. He's like, nah, fuck it. If you want me here, I'm just going to be comfortable <laughs> drinking beer too. Gol- golfing is better probably than most of them. I, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. Uh, I got behind him on one of the par fives on the back nine here at the Minnehaha country club and took a slow-mo video of him hitting his driver. And it's just amazing 
like the way he can bend and still do that at 50 something years old, just mm. abusing his body. Um, if you ever get a chance, a great book, a great read. I couldn't put it down. I, I'm not a reader. I read it in like two days. It's his book. It's called My Life In and Out of the Rough. Check mm. it out. Does it come in audio version? Probably. People are like, oh, I watched the 30 for 30. The 30 for 30 does not go into a tenth of the details that are in this book. They had to keep the 30 for 30 family friendly. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's amazing. If you can uh, if you can find it, get your hands on it. You just go read that. I guarantee you can't put it down because it's like, what the hell is he going to do next? Dude is a train wreck. Mm -hmm. So and now his kids, the next big thing he's coming up playing in arkansas gonna make the pga someday probably that's my prediction i'd say he's got a jump him and tiger's kid are gonna be the next uh the big battle you know him and chuck woods mm-hmm. he's playing little john yeah 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 he plays for arkansas oh, oh yeah cool. it's on oh no is it on yeah it's on audiobook yep all right better get it well, let's jump into this thing. Um, we kind of got off the rails already. Uh, that was not on the agenda. <laughs> well, that's kind of typically how this fun cast goes. We kind of just jump to a different subject yeah. well, whenever we're feeling like it. Should we, should we just continue with golf and just get it over with? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, let's just do it. Yeah, let's jump yeah. into golf. All right. Um, so the Saudi League is basically dead already. John Daly's not going to join? Yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah, he's, I figured. He's keeping his country or loyalties to Nashville. He's not. <laughs> he's not going to Cutter or anything like that for it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. No, I I know you guys talked about it last week when I was gone. Um, basically, basically the Saudi government was trying to put a bunch of oil money together and and uh, get all these big players from from the PGA onto their tour. And Trent, do you know who was like the mastermind behind a lot of this? Like putting the Saudi League together? Yes. I have no idea. Greg Bill Norman. Oh, I did see a tweet <clears throat> about that and I wondered what that meant. Okay, it Greg, makes sense now. I don't know what it is about Greg Norman, but he's doing everything he I don't know what the PGA did to him, but boy, is he trying to do everything he can to just shit on the PGA and go against it. It's because he's got one of the largest nine irons there ever was. Yes. But uh, I know last week when you guys talked about it, Phil was Phil was definitely a proponent for it. I know DJ was talking about going over. Um, but then you get the really big names of <clears throat> the PGA. You've got Rory, who, is, who has said absolutely not. Um, you've got Justin Thomas, who said absolutely not. Uh, Morikawa saying no. And then, of course, when you have Tiger Woods saying that he will never leave the tour, I mean, it, it was dead from the moment it started. Yeah, they were going to throw around a lot of money uh, to Bryson. I mean, <clears throat> $135 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is funny because he is not a headlining name. He's, he's a name. He's a name, what? but nobody goes out of their way to be like, oh, my gosh, I've got to see Bryson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you said. I I think he, I think we're used to. I mean, Tiger is kind of not an asshole, but he's kind of you know been off and on with the media at times. I think there's guys like Brooks that do love it. Bry, Bryson just kind of 
I don't know. I don't even think the players really like playing with him. I know Brooks no. and him have a have a bit of a rivalry, and he's just he's just an odd duck. Yeah, and and then this whole Phil Mickelson thing. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen somebody fall so quickly out of grace <laughs> with the with the community. But holy crap, is he just getting crapped on right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was one of the things I kind of wanted to say about Phil is over the last couple years, like with his social media presence and all this, he wasn't really liked coming up in until the last couple of years, he's really become really liked. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and then he does this and just kind of ruins all that. Yeah. I, I was very anti Phil growing up a huge tiger fan. It was, you know, you like tiger, you like Phil. And I was definitely on the side of tiger. And yeah, his social media, he's he's freaking hilarious on social media. And then he did all these matches and stuff like that and and really gained a good reputation, but now he just shit it out out quickly. And I, you have you have players like Rory McIlroy taking shots at him. You got Justin Thomas taking shots at him. I mean, it, it was it was a quick turnaround there. And I think his intentions were right where he's <laughs> hey, I'm trying to say this stuff so the PGA pays our players and and whatever more, but I really haven't heard too much on the pay or the player treatment where golfers are like, you know, sometimes with the NFL or, or different leagues, you know, hell, even the NCAA, Hey, I want to, ch- you know, we got to change things or I'm just going to, we saw plenty of players skip college basketball, the one and done and just, you know, play abroad and, and, you know, they're trying to bypass the league because of how it treats their players. I haven't heard anything like that with the PGA. So that was the only thing that off struck me. I get that. He's trying to get more money for, different golfers and players out there like you said he went about the wrong way and now he's fallen off grace and he even lost his biggest endorsement from that accounting mm-hmm. form kpmg i know he said he's going to step away and take a little time off i mean the masters yeah. is at the beginning of april so he's going to take a, a month off now i'm guessing mm-hmm. and, and and really reflect on everything yeah you know and i hear all these statements from these players saying Oh, we need to be treated more fairly and all this and, you know, this and that. And I'm like thinking, you know, I'm the worst single digit handicap player that walks the face of the earth. I wish I was treated like them, you know, well, treated unfairly. Come on. If if you win a tournament, you win one and a half million dollars. If you win the FedEx Cup, you win. Is it, It's 10 million or has it 10, gone up? Now? It's gone up. Isn't it like 11 or 12 now or something? It's it's higher. Yeah, I believe so. And so. Maybe there is more money out there, but Phil seems to be the major one that's that's really causing a big problem with this. Can bowling get a little bit of that cheddar? Right, right. <laughs> yes. A, a a PBA major pays maybe I want to say it's like thirty thousand. That's so, only gone up because of the big Fox TV deal. Like it was even less than that, like a year ago. Yeah. So if you win the FedEx Cup, you get 17 million now. 17? Holy, I thought it was like 12. Yeah. If if you get second, you get five and a half. You get third, four. You get fourth, third, three. You get fifth, 2.1 million. So if you play well throughout the season, you you get paid. Like I said, maybe there's more money out there, but you're you're, you're golfing for a living and, and making millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, and these guys don't play or don't pay a dime. You know, when I mean, the last time they paid to play around a golf was Phil Mickelson has not paid for for thirty years. Yeah, and then there's you know 
us who are just everyday amateurs that just, you know, pay your golf, don't make anything from it, mm -hmm. pay to get into these, you know, I, I, you know, we like to play a lot of tournaments, you know, spend a lot of money and then they want to be treated better. Yeah. How, how much, how much did it cost you to play a few of these uh, courses that those guys play? Oh, like Tory Pines. Is that what you're getting at? You know, yeah. they come and they get paid a million dollars to win a tournament, you know, and it cost me $350 to pay to play 18 holes. Yeah. So, yeah well, who's the stupid one here? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be it's, the first to admit it. It's, it's the experience, right? dollars That's a, that's a pit. That's half a pit boss grill. It yeah, was yeah, worth, gotta, it was worth every penny. <laughs> it's, it's I, how I like I put I paid two two something um for my Coba in August and that was yeah it's it's worth it yeah if, if I, I would go offer it's worth it yeah I'd go play Tory Pine South tomorrow if I could for that mm -hmm. price I'm sure because that was five years ago yeah I'm sure and that's and that's considered a uh, a cheap course to play on yeah and PJ you I could go to never... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I ever pay more than I don't know, fifty bucks plus the thirty-six dollars it cost me to get a six-pack. That's about the most <laughs> I pay. Um, if I remember correctly, Trent, to play Pebble Beach, aren't we talking thousands? Yes. Oh and you have to stay at their at their course. Yeah, like at their resort. Oh wait, no, I'm way I'm way off. Never mind. It's I thought it was. I thought it was like. 12 or 1500 no so i guess if you if you stay there uh a room a one bedroom room is almost a grand so all right Green i'm gonna ask green. this what what why is it why is it that you want to why do you want to play these courses like what is the thing that makes you want to play these courses just because pros play them or <laughs> We're we're talking about the best courses in the world. Their design, their views. Like Pebble Beach is on the ocean, so you're you're playing alongside the ocean, overlooking the looking the ocean, and and you're talking about these well designed courses on courses that have awesome history. Like Pebble Beach, you have Tiger Woods winning the U.S. Open by a billion. Um, it's just yeah. Tori was Tiger winning in a playoff making the putt <laughs> on the seventy second hole. Like that was it. I was like I got to play Tory Pine South. I'm going to be in the vicinity. I'm going to play that course with a broken leg and torn ACL. I didn't even do it with a broken leg or torn ACL. And I still shot like an 89. Well, and that's part of the thrill too, is seeing how you can perform against these best players. Well, I mean, that's just not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for everyone. It's certainly not for, I know, I know my brother has said the same thing. He won't spend the money that I've spent on a couple of rounds, but I mean, it's, it's, it's well, Kevin would win that. He would just win a round somewhere. That's true. Does Kevin listen? Yes. Maybe if he just sold like a putter or two, he could go play these courses. So let's go. Let's let's go to equipment <laughs> here because this is something that he really enjoys. Is uh, I, I can't presence. wait to get the text from when he listens yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I spent my presence day um, testing out new drivers, which he has a new one. Of course, he bought the new Callaway Rogue. Surprise, Trent. 
Um, so I tested out the new Callaway Rogue, the new uh, TaylorMade Stealth, the Cobra um, LTD. And yeah, those are kind of the big three this year. And I did not spend any money this year. I was I was going in expecting to to trade my old one in and spend some money, and I think drivers have uh, gotten to the point of being five hundred fifty to six hundred dollars for mm -hmm. one club, and you are not getting any gains at all from it. My 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 uh, ball speed on my current one that's two years old is actually higher than these new ones, and I like to consider myself as the sale for everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, I went, uh, I was at Shields on Sunday, I believe it was. And if I'm walking around Shields, I got to go look at the golf clubs and they have the stealth and yeah, and they have the new uh, Titleist. And I'm just like, God, the prices on these are just insane. And, and, you know, I have a TaylorMade M6 is what I hit. Mm hmm and I've never hit a driver better. So I'm like, why would I just go up and get rid of that for a new driver that, you know, I played, I played the new newest Titleist at my Coba and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I was actually pretty, I thought I was going to end up with that. And again, the ball speed was one mile per hour less than what I currently have. And I'm not that inaccurate that I absolutely need something to keep me in the fairway. So it's like, I can't get myself to spend $550. I don't know. The companies need to do something magical to, to persuade me in the future that anything is actually better than what we currently have or have has been the last three years. Do you think this is them kind of like, I know they've, you know, in the last few years, the ball speeds have gotten so high and the players are hitting it so far do you think this is them starting to dumb down the clubs no i don't think so because i mean you i mean that's we're talking about golf being a large percentage of people playing it and you're talking about these pros that make up a fraction of a fraction of a fraction mm -hmm. of a percentage so i don't i don't think they're going to dumb stuff down just because of a small amount of people if anything they're going to try to get amateurs trying to spend as much money as possible they're doing a good job of it <laughs> by it's, pricing them. My, my gosh, gosh, I don't get it. I don't get how people can afford it. Yeah. But, uh, and then one last thing for Tiger, golf was, he had a few. Yeah, what's that? Ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say Tiger had a few things to say at the old Genesis at the Riv this past weekend. Mm -hmm. He's looking good, too. Yeah. Is he. His, he, he, he does kind of like he does in all of his uh, press conferences and interviews. I feel like he just kind of doesn't uh, he doesn't give anybody's hopes up is what he does. No, but the last time uh, he talked in public, it was, I don't know if I'm going to get to play on the PGA Tour to this week saying, yep, I'm definitely going to be playing back on the PGA Tour. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, he, he went from the last one where it was like, oh, he's going to talk to, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play again to – a week later announcing he's playing in that thing with little Chuck and, mm -hmm. and damn near winning the thing. Yeah. So, and then there's videos of him, you know, it's, it's only walking upstairs, but it was about 50 flights of stairs that he walked up and he was moving pretty damn good. So I think, I think when they asked if he could at least play, walk the master's part three course, he's like, yeah, I could do that now. So I don't think he's that far off. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. How many flights of stairs does Augusta National have? 
I mean, Zero. It's, it, it, it's rolly. It's <laughs> yeah. rolly. And, and like Kevin said, you know, once you get to know an even lie on some, you know, that, that makes it difficult. But I I think he is closer than what he is leading off. I leading on. 100% agree with you. I think, uh, I don't want to say he's going to play the Masters, but it would not surprise me if he did. Yep. And I'm glad I got him at the plus 4,000 odds. Yep. I still got Xander. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else with golf, Ryan? Nope. I think I got everything out of my system here. All right. Well, we won't be playing golf anytime soon because it's uh, 25 below wind chill and snowing right now here. Awesome. Uh, go Tiger. Yeah, go Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one thing, thing that we did last weekend and will be doing is using the pit boss. The boys from the Heartland will be right back. Uh, did uh, Joey? Do you smoke anything this past weekend? Uh, just some mac and cheese. Just some mac good. and cheese. You, you downplayed. It looked freaking delicious. <clears throat> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I will post it right now. The recipe from Hey Grill Hey, but it's a. Jalapeno popper mac and cheese that you put on the smoker. Um, it is a uh, fucking amazing. Lots of cheese, lots of dairy. So if you're lactose intolerant, Dave Peterson, don't eat this. Um, <laughs> but it, it's very, very good. Uh, I also did some bacon that I had left over from the recipe just on the top. I used uh, the sweet preacher rub, just like sprinkled it on kind of candied it it was really good um but yeah it was it was a good weekend i also did some ribs um normal salt on the bottom uh garlic basting with some butter i believe i did the pork perfect rub on the top from fire and smoke society everything i do from now on is probably the fire and smoke society like you don't even need to ask they just they're so good, and they have so many different rubs. It's good stuff. Yeah, it looked amazing. I, I haven't tried that recipe yet. I do follow Hey Grill Hey on uh, Instagram. She is a great follow. She, everybody mm -hmm. should just go follow Hey Grill Hey. Right, 100%. And that recipe, Trent, is so fucking easy. It, it's, I mean, some jalapenos, some bacon. Make your... I don't want to call it a roux, but make your cheese sauce and then pour it over the top of some dry noodles, add a cup of water, and put it on the smoker. It's just so fucking good. Yeah, I need to try it. So. Mm -hmm. You do anything else? Uh, like I said, I did some ribs. Um, I'm trying to remember when we last talked. I think I did. I, I did some pork chops, which are always good. Uh, that. I, I'm getting really good at pork where it doesn't even matter what the cut is. I, it just ends up being really damn good. The pit boss does all the goddamn work. Um, I did. <laughs> so Friday night, I was going to do baked potatoes and um, some steaks. I cranked the temperature up way too high. Well, not way too high. I just don't clean my pit boss up enough. Had another grease fire, so I thought everything was fucked. I thought I wouldn't be able to, 
you know, talk about smoking for a few months until I bought a new one. Uh, the heating element, I got an error on that. Everything turned out okay. I started up the next day and everything was fine. But make sure you clean your grill. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm having trouble with that. I thought I was doing a good job, but clean it thoroughly. Get all the grease out. Otherwise, you're going to get a fire. I was really hoping you were going to give Seth a call to try to get you set up. Man, I I was thinking Friday night, uh, Rochelle was over here, and I was like, God damn it. We had to cook everything on the George Foreman and then the microwave. I was like, Jesus Christ, I feel like a noob. A piece of shit. <laughs> um, and then I started up Saturday. Everything started up fine. I do have a about 45 degree variable between my heating element and what it actually says um on the grates but that's fine i i can deal with that as long as it starts up and it works i can make it work so seth if you're listening which you are you don't need to send joey a new grill not yet but not pit yet. boss if you ever want to have someone try shit out and especially start it on fire <laughs> and we will never get a pit boss sponsorship <laughs> hey if if they're looking for a test dummy that's i'm true. a dummy that's true and i'll so, test it so ryan clark do anything anybody nope not since super bowl weekend man clark man, the... no i wasn't home this past weekend again you didn't pull it behind the accord to Tulsa. I nope. Did I'm you got a hitch on it to pull your bowling bag balls to <laughs> fucking Eastgate. Those go in the trunk, my friend. <laughs> Can't six be ball bag those balls down the street. You crazy? <laughs> so gonna, Trent, you, you did post a yeah. a reel and a lot of good stuff. What's going on with your smoker? So I think it was Sunday is when I used mine. Mm -hmm. um, I did meatloaf. I love meatloaf. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. A lot of people don't like meatloaf, but uh, yep. I always loved my mom's meatloaf growing up. So I got her recipe, just made a few minor little tweaks to it. So it's a little smoker-ish. Um, so I put a little cayenne in it. Um, and then on top, you know, people put ketchup. I put some barbecue sauce on it just cause it's going on the smoker. Um, and, uh, we did that Sunday. I ate some leftovers of that tonight. So kind of like anything on the smoker, if you let it sit in the fridge for a day or two, it gets a little more smoky flavor. So there was, you know, a little more smoke to that. Um, really good, easy again, like Joey said, the pit boss does the work. Um, but, uh, that's one of my favorite cooks just cause I like meatloaf. So, um, nice. Everyone can see that on Instagram on the reels. Uh, yeah. I also posted pictures of my Mac and cheese. So yeah. Um, did, uh, anybody, anything planned for this coming weekend? Not at the moment. I don't think so. Cause I do. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Have, has anybody made a, a fatty? <laughs> huh? uh not the kind you're probably talking about <laughs> oh uh yes i did Trent. I have. did you that was one of the first things i actually made 
Nice. What do you what do you what do you do in it? I don't even remember. It was, oh. a, it was a breakfast fatty, so it was. That's exactly what I want to do. Okay. That's the joy of those fatties. You just you know you, you get it done. You don't remember. I was yeah. I was in a big hurry for it <laughs> when I made Clark. it, and uh, I wasn't terribly happy with how it came out. Yeah. So especially the bacon, the bacon was not crispy enough for me, and it's just kind of gross to be honest. But I would love to try it again. Yeah, I, that's what I want to do. I want to do a breakfast fatty, and I want to do like, you know, you like weave the bacon. Mm-hmm. I got some pork sausage from my my pig in my freezer. Do some eggs, some scrambled eggs in there, some cheese. I want to do a breakfast fatty. I've never done one. Um, I, was, I was talking to a coworker today who smokes a lot, and he was talking about doing. You know, he's done all kinds of them, like pizza fatties. He's done just like, you can just make it up as you go, you know, and um, put anything in there you want. But I'm kind of pumped to try a breakfast fatty this weekend. So have you ever done a meat pie? No. I think I've talked about this once on here before, but... So my family used to do bacon fest where we would get together and just do like different bacon dishes because we were tired of paying the $180 to get into bacon fest in Iowa and whatever. Um, So we would just get together and make bacon dishes. Well, I found a recipe for uh, meat pies. So basically you weave bacon on the bottom and let it sit over the top of your skillet. And fill it with whatever you want. I made a, I, I call it a regular one, and I also call it, uh, I made two of them. I made a regular one and a taco one. The regular one was just sausage. Um, can't remember what else I put in it. Uh, like sausage gravy, and then put bacon over the top. It made it like a breakfast one. But I also did a taco one. And the, the kicker is you coat it with, um, different sauces. One was like the breakfast gravy. And the other one was taco sauce. Put that on the smoker and holy goddamn fuck, it is amazing. It is, it, it's one of the best things I've ever made in my life. That sounds pretty damn good. It was awesome. And I did send the picture of the fatty to you guys. So. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Didn't, didn't see it yet. But yeah, that's that's my plan this weekend anyway. Hopefully it turns out. So let me know how it goes, and let me know if you're able to get the bacon crispy. So yours looks was, good. The, uh, the picture, the the outside was good, but the inside of the bacon was not good at all. I wonder since you know I have the, like the reverse sear thing on mine. I wonder if I open that up, if it'll crisp that up. That's what I was thinking. Like I said, I was in a rush that morning to get. If I remember correctly, to some sort of parade of some sort. Yeah. And so that I mean a parade should never ruin a man's meat. Which is my <laughs> my number one rule. But <laughs> that's a rule I've lived by my whole life. I've never had it ruin my meat before. <laughs> Clark, you got any big plans on the smoker this weekend? Nope. Nope. Huh. No, nothing on. planned. You got that freezer chock full of meat yeah um i don't know we'll, we'll see i'm i i thought about making some smoking up a meatloaf i don't know yeah maybe we'll, we'll see it well, and last weekend 
I did Clark's famous chili. Ooh, yeah. I I, I love it with the brown sugar and the cayenne. Amelia liked it. it was a little bit spicy too, and Amelia even chowed that down. She's, oh yeah. She said she'll eat it. Spi- it's spicy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spicy. Just, just, it's just got that little bit of heat, man. Yeah, she kept eating it. So that was good. All right. Well, let's uh move along here. Uh the Olympics wrapped up. Uh, I believe on Sunday was the final day, or maybe Saturday, I can't remember. Um, but the Americans didn't get first in the gold count, so it was just all for nothing. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> we were the fourth losers in this, these Olympics. Yep. <clears throat> I'll, I'll let uh, Clark, you know, the, the one that probably watched the most out of all of us. Uh, so. Probably. I mean... It was on the TV pretty yeah. much nonstop. Um, I don't know. Looking back, I'm trying to think of anything that stood out other than, you know, the big controversy with the Russian figure skater and uh, event wise. Um, I don't know if you uh, if you heard this at all, but there are several events that go down the big slide like bobsled and stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Germany won all but one or two, maybe one or two gold medals in that event. And the only ones they didn't win, all teams got their sleds from the same place. So apparently Germany's really good at making sleds that go down the ice really fast. They're probably putting the weight in the front of them like the Bob, the Jamaicans did, like John Candy. (laughs) They just didn't get caught. You know, that's just it. Uh, the one event um, that everybody got their sled from the same place was a new event, the monobob. So it's a one-man bobsled. And the U.S. women took gold and silver at the top of that. But then, you know, they had double bobsleds. I, I know both of those two competed in those events. And, yeah, the Germans took, I think, the maybe the top two slots in those events, which those were all with their own sleds. So, pretty crazy um i'm trying to find the team event there was like snowboard cross where they're going down the hill racing each other does that ring a bell yeah um because it was a mixed team so male and female and yeah the dude won his first medal in the olympics ever he's like 40 he's 40 like 40 that's yeah. That's where I was going with this. Um, I can't even remember that dude's name. Looking, f- is it Nick Baumgartner? Yes, it that is. Sounds correct. Yeah. So he was in just the male, uh, snowboard cross or whatever. Yeah, snowboard cross, and he got kind of bumped and pushed out, and he kind of had an emotional interview saying, he's like, I, you know, I'm running out of time. I'm 40 years old, all this. And then him, and then they do a mixed one. So there's a man, there's this male, female team. They, the male goes and then the female goes. I don't know how they, is it like combined time or I I don't even know. I think they have to cross the line before the other one can start. Maybe I, I don't know. Is that what it is? It might be. No, uh, I, I don't freaking know how exactly it. it yeah. Works, so but... him and this, uh, Lindsay Jacob Ellis 
uh, were a team and they won the gold. So good for him. Which, I was kind of rooting for him after that. Which whole thing happened. she's older too, right? Like, was she like 39 or 40 herself? She's 36. So yeah, cause he made the joke. He's like, yeah, the winning gold medal combined age is 76 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, good for that guy. I wanted to see him win. I did have, uh, the gold medal curling game on whenever we were winding down at the hotel on Saturday. Uh, so I got to watch Sweden take down great Britain. So that was kind of cool. I still don't understand the sport. Like apparently, you know, there's a bunch of rules. I figure it's just, you know, throwing rocks and you try to knock the other players out and get yours the closest to the middle. But apparently there's some rules about the first five rocks. If they're put in front of the target zone, you can't knock them out. And they put that rule in to, you know, if you're up big, you just keep knocking out the other players rock. So uh, yeah, there, there's some crazy rules in there. I just don't know about, and I, I just don't know the strategy of that game, but yeah, we need, we just need to go do it. Like it'd be fun just to go curling, get some, yeah. get some beers and go curling. I, I'd probably end up with a concussion after I slipped and, busting my skull off the eyes that's that's half the fun <laughs> yeah if, if the if the sport you're playing you don't risk a head injury why even play it's not even a real sport at that point <laughs> i'll give you a head injury with the bowling ball to your face yeah exactly yeah hey, i'm going bowling on thursday first time i've bowled since the last time i bowled with you clark in league oh. last year Oh, gutter balls, Nelson up there. Gotta bust out the squatch, get her dusted off, and probably roll a 250. Nice. <laughs> That's what I do. All right. I, I don't have anything more to add to the Olympics. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um, no. I, the, the Russian 15-year-old that was taking grandpa's cough medicine or the hell she was doing. her uh, uh, The heart meds? Yeah. Didn't she get fourth? Yeah, she did not medal. So they avoided that whole mess with the meddling. And... They they did. The other top two, like the gold and silver medalists in that uh, event were both Russian. Oh, and, so and, they just didn't get caught. Yeah, and apparently the silver medal uh, person was throwing a big old dramatic fit because she didn't win gold. And meanwhile the one who won gold she's just kind of chilling her by herself looking all awkward on camera so didn't have to worry what putin was going to say to her afterwards she won the gold you know that's yeah. that's right so um i guess do, do you do you want me to go into my little movie minute so i can get out of your way during the movie minute sure during the olympics because during bad sport you know i've been watching that on netflix the episode that i did watch was about uh, the 2002 Winter Games in Salt Lake City with the Russians in couples figure skating and the Canadians in couples figure skating. And then the French judge was persuaded to judge the Russians better than the Canadians. So it was about that controversy. So talking about bad sport the last couple of weeks and it's been all these controversies in sports and that that was the one that i watched this week uh pretty interesting episode like they were the top two like everybody knew they were going to be the top two and in the russians uh time on the ice they had some mistakes and then the canadians hit it flawless 
and the French judge was the one that was persuaded. And then she uh, just a little bit uh, judged the Canadians under the Russians. So that's what this episode was about. It was pretty good, pretty interesting. It was, was kind of cool because it was something they actually remembered. Like, hey, this did happen in 2002. I kind of remembered that. And it was cool to kind of see a look into it. But um, yeah, so go check out Bad Sport. That's my that's my movie minute. How far this into week. that are you right now? Uh, I think I'm four episodes in the other. I watched two episodes this week. The other one was about, uh, the, um, French, the soccer league. And one of the owners of the team was in contact with the referees, like the head of the referees and was getting certain referees to ref his games yeah. and then getting certain referees to ref the other games. And then they were getting like, yellow cards in the other games so then like their best players would be suspended when they're playing his team yeah. so he was persuading the referees in these soccer games so that was the other episode i watched that one was a little hard to follow because it went back and forth a lot between mm -hmm. french and english okay. and i just you know i don't follow soccer so it was a little that's why it was a little hard to Follow, so how much did Tom Brady pay them not to feature all of his scandals in this show? Yeah, when is the uh yeah, the bad sport late gate in well, spy gate gonna season. air? Yeah, all six episodes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so. Wait, what's that all you said? Netflix? Netflix, yeah. Okay. That sounds so. like I'm saying once I get caught up on the rest of my stuff, it sounds like something I I can definitely throw on and give it a shot. Yeah, so Got got me out of the way here for the movie minute, so you know the experts can talk about that now. So, oh yeah, absolutely. but uh, uh, I don't know. You got anything else to add to the Olympics there, Olympic expert? No, on on to twenty twenty four. I think we did. We lose Clark. No, I'm just did. I'm just wondering why you would oh. want it back to me. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> You're the one that watched the most. Like, so. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I have any more to say about it. I mean, Jesus. I, I, I butt in there, so on. You know, we'll we'll check back in with Clark in 2024 <laughs> Summer I'm, Olympics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next on the agenda, we have combat sports. Joey, take it away. Huck the Fuskers. Jesus. Huck the Fuskers. All right. And next we have eSports. There you go. <laughs> oh, we're not doing eSports? I thought you were just done with me. Oh, I uh, thought that was all you had. I mean, it can be. Okay. Uh, that's all I care about, really. <laughs> no, Iowa, Iowa wrestled Nebraska on Sunday and eked out a victory Iowa jumped into a huge lead. Nebraska came back. Iowa barely pulled it out, 20-15, to 15, um, with the heavyweight Tony Cassiope sealing the deal for them. Uh, Nebraska looked very, very good in the, in the matches that they needed to, and Iowa looked not very good. Iowa looks terrible right now. Uh, they just – they, I've never seen a team sit on leads like Iowa does. And mm. it's very discouraging moving forward into March. 
Well, it makes you worry if, I mean, if you said you're sitting on leads, what if they get upset in the early rounds? All of a sudden, they wouldn't have that much of a lead to sit on either. Well, I mean, not even talk about, like, team sport or team points, but just in individual matches. I've never seen an Iowa uh, an Iowa wrestler up until this year just get up, like, 3 nothing or 3-1 or, you know, 2 <laughs> Marinelli was up 2-0 with riding time mm-hmm. and just didn't do anything. And that's Iowa's catalyst. Like, without Spencer Lee, the bull should be the person that makes the match for us. And he did not do that whatsoever against Nebraska. And he hasn't for a couple matches now. It's very discouraging to see Iowa wrestlers just get up one or two points and just sit and just wait. And that's what caught Jacob Warner. That's what, I mean, it, Kemmerer almost got caught in this match. Like, Nebraska wrestled very, very well. Iowa does not look very good right now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But, silver lining, Drake Ayala was back, and he looked very, very good. Um, hopefully that continues. But Iowa, I... I don't know, man. I, I have not been not been an Iowa fan where I've seen Iowa just like wasting away opportunities, especially to score bonus points. Yeah. So I would say sorry. So I guess is there any way they even fix it or do you just have to hope for the best going into the uh into March here? I think we just hope for the best, to be honest with you. I don't know how they can fix anything that they've done season long. Um, they haven't been the best at scoring bonus points whatsoever. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see what happens with the big tens and tournament. Um, this was the final match of the season. Uh, traditionally the teams that struggle down the stretch going into tournaments do well. Penn state, from two years ago, uh, Penn State from like four years ago, and Iowa from like five years ago, mm-hmm. they did not do the best going down the stretch. Like there's a lot of almost losses uh, dual team wise, but they pulled it out when tournaments came about. So there's that. Iowa State, on the other hand, pulled out a big win at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can let Bryant touch on that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you've probably watched a little closer than I did, but, they, I mean, they pulled out a close one versus Mizzou 17-16 and actually ended the, for the only the third time ever they were undefeated in Big 12. So I, I was a little shocked. I, I didn't I was, I haven't kept up too closely. I know we've been uh, wrestling well. One of the only few matches I ever watched this year was the Iowa loss, so it's kind of that's the one that sticks with me. But then, yeah, into the season undefeated, uh, Kevin Dressers really got him. Back to like almost a decade ago when I was first getting to Iowa State and you were still you still had that whole, you know, we're a top tier program. We dipped a little bit with Kevin Jackson and that in between here. And now it seems like we're kind of back to where we need to be. Um, and then with this uh, with this victory brings Iowa State. We've won 13 straight dual meets. The, we're only uh, second in the country right now to Penn State, who's won 27 in a row. Yeah. And Iowa State and. I would say winning the Big 12 is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would hold their own in the Big 10. I think they'd be in the upper echelon. You know, Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, 
Ohio State. I definitely think they beat Ohio State. I think they have the horses to go with Michigan. Um, Penn State, Iowa might be a different different story. But, I mean, yeah. shit, that, that's still really fucking good. Uh, I think Iowa State is a good team to reckon with. Um, Carr does his thing, as always. Uh, and Younger, Younger's going to be a – He's going to make some noise in March, uh, whether it's in the big, just in the Big 12s, or if he gets a good seed coming off the Big 12s in the NCAA tournament, that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to be a name to reckon with at 197. Yeah, um, yeah, he's going to be good. Um, story of the meet is Keegan O'Toole. He is a 165 pounder. Um, and in some polls, he's ranked number one, some he is ranked number two, but that dude is on fire. I, I don't think there's a person in the country that can touch him as far as like just beating him outright right now. Uh, that that's Marinelli's weight. I hope to God Marinelli can beat him, but Keegan O'Toole is a person that will just make a shit ton of noise come March. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would say I and I, I watched that match actually right before we started recording here, and he, mm-hmm. he looks phenomenal right now. But mm-hmm. you know, like you said, younger, and we say it every time we talk about him. He's just very, I think, raw right now. He he right. he can get it done. Like like you said, you can just tell he, it's it's a lot of strength. He's using a lot of his strength and just raw ability there. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm actually getting pretty excited. I would say I I would say I don't know. Don't they do uh, the uh, tournament brackets kind of like for March Madness with wrestling too. Yep, yep. And uh, I will put that out after the tournaments. Uh, so the championships are the 17th, 18th, 19th. Um, most of the conference tournaments and uh, and the week of the 5th, but I'll try and get um, some sort of bracket thing out um, before that. They usually do like a week and a half, but ACC does theirs the week after. So seating is a little bit weird, but I'll try and get something out for everybody. So, I mean, I would love to do a tournament challenge with that. Absolutely. Well, we'll get something figured out with that. Yep. We'll work on that. But yeah, younger, uh, man, I I think he is just going to be, I, I definitely think that he, gets on the podium this year and then also um i think he makes some noise to be honest with you i if i'm a early predictor i bet he gets third or fourth to be honest with you well i know he it wasn't convincingly but i know he did beat it beat that that's kind of the like you're saying you know iowa state in the big 10 they would compete but are they the level of iowa penn state quite yet not not quite you know but we can Mm -hmm. i think we compete i mean that's when I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is if Younger is beating an Iowa wrestler, I always think that okay, so he is the upper echelon in you know in his way because if he can beat the Iowa guy, very good chance he's going to be beating mm-hmm. a lot of those Big Ten teams, you know, other than maybe Penn State right now. Right, and you think about it next year. I mean, uh, Warner's gone, um, the Penn State guy's gone. I mean, he could possibly possibly be top five to begin the season. And then a couple throws here and there, he is that good. And he's a very good freestyle wrestler. He just has to get better on top and bottom. Yeah. So, yeah. That's all I got. 
Same here. All right, so uh, I tried to jump into eSports earlier, but Joey actually had something to say, except yeah. for Huck the Fuskers. Uh, so now we can jump into eSports. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The boys from the Heartland will be right back. Well, still, Huck the Fuskers. Yes. Uh, so, a, a game that came out. How, how long did Cyberpunk come out? Like, a year ago? Oh, over a gosh, year. Gosh, it, it's been a while. And then got taken down, and now they kind of fixed some bugs. Now it's uh, bad. They, never, they, they did take it off the PlayStation Store yeah. for a period, but they put it back on a long while ago. But it re- they they recently put out a big update for it, and it was enough to get Ryan back on the hook. Yeah. Um, well, I had actually finished the game when it came, originally came out. I was lucky enough to have a Series X and very limited bugs on that, so I had already beaten it, and I thought it was—I thought it was a fantastic game, actually, even in its worst state. So I'm excited to finally get back into it and play it again with a different character, different uh, backstory, and see how it plays when all the crappy bugs are ironed out. Clark, what's your uh, thoughts on it? Yeah. So on initial release, I also had a Series X, but. Uh... I know I knew that they had announced the next gen update. It was in their roadmap. So I was like, I, I'm gonna buy it, but I want to play it with that build. So I waited and I waited and I waited. And when it initially came out, I messed around in it, you know, did a few things, did a couple missions so I could check out the world, see what was out there. Came across a few bugs. Um but because I did have the big powerful beast that is Series X, I, I didn't have a whole lot of issues like many, many people did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, it's a f- pretty fast paced action game. Uh, it's got a ton of RPG elements. I think that's the most overwhelming factor for me is how I feel like you have to know how you want your character to play before you start spending your skill points. And it's kind of hard because I kind of have a general idea, but I don't know what to put points into. So I put some points. In. I think I regret that. And that's the most Isn't frustrating way to, to, me. to reset those. You can replay, you can reset the perk points, but not okay. the attribute points. The attributes. There's like uh, five main skills kind of that make your character and you cannot reset those but you can reset the perks which you spend inside of those other features there are then skills that you know you can modify oh how much damage does a pistol do or how much damage do your shotguns and lmgs do how many times can you crit somebody are you good at sneaking around do you get a bonus for uh stealth headshots and stuff like that so a lot a lot of stuff like that that i i don't know i kind of look at those pages and it's a bit overwhelming because there's like 20 to 30 different little um skills under each one so you're talking about like probably you know 150 ish 
different little modifying skills that you can put points into, but you can't do them all. Yeah. So it originally came out December of 2020. Oof. So here was the problem, in my opinion. I think this is a game that should have been launched on these on these new consoles, but um, CD Projekt Red tried to get it on the PS4 and the Xbox One, and I think that just I think that ruined it. Trying to do too many consoles at one time, this is definitely next a next gen title. And honestly, to me, having having beaten it, and there not being a ton of next gen stuff, that's I mean, there's good stuff. Halo's okay. Um, to me, this is the best game I've played in this generation still. In my yeah. opinion. If you if you like an RPG story driven, it's it's, it's different. different. I, enjoy I myself, I was a huge fan of The Witcher, so I was really looking forward to Cyberpunk. Yes. Um it it is a lot different, but it's still an amazing world to experience and explore. And it's so there's so much depth from top to bottom and so many nooks and crannies and crazy things happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it it can be a lot to try and take in. So I, I feel like I got to break it down into smaller bits and just kind of focus on what's around me. Are you playing it on, on the performance setting or the ray tracing setting? Uh, I think mine was set on ray tracing. So per, I performance setting, um, 60 frame per, frames per second is so nice i try to switch it to ray tracing and it's just a little clunky and that's it's how it felt when it first came out and now with the the update the 60 fps is it's really kind of a game changer it's so smooth and so that's one thing i've noticed since the update actually that was something i just looked at today because i was reading about it so and i i saw mine was on ray tracing i didn't change it i might change it and try it out it's way smoother nerds 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 you're the one who's trying to sabotage our audio aren't you yeah it's me yeah classic so there's another game it's a new new release it's coming out mentioned it last week when we were ragging on old george rr martin but uh elden ring it is from the creator of dark souls um, it is a dark fantasy world, and the story had George R. R. Martin helping write it. So, uh, I've seen a lot of trailers, it looks pretty crazy. Um, I imagine I'll try it at some point, but Cy- Cyberpunk's are, got my attention at the moment. Those games are too damn hard for me. Well, supposedly, they made this one easier for people to beat, they want people to finish this game. Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I tried Dark Souls 3, and I maybe got past the first part, and I'm glad I spent $10 on it, because it, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's tough. They're so hard. Right, so when you say hard, is it something that, I don't know, I, I'm looking for a game right now that I, I'm looking for like a Mario game. So I Thank have... You this. This thing set in front of me. I don't have to explore a whole goddamn world. I just want to go and do this level. Like, is that one of those games or no? No. no. Oh. All right. Well, never mind. Nope. Stay. 
And if, <clears throat> if you don't want to break your controller or shoot your TV, this is not the game for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll uh, keep whooping ass in 2K then. So I there, just... there you go. Maybe you should just buy a Switch and buy Nintendo and buy a Mario then. No. I mean, are those those games now on like Xbox or something where you have a level? This is what you go and do, and you don't have to explore and like get all of the I don't know extra things and just move on. So no, this that that is a good question because this is something I, I know Clark and I have talked about off off group. You know, everything now is so open world that having a linear campaign of any sort, I I welcome that so much. And you right. just that that just doesn't happen very often anymore. I'm I myself am kind of tired of open world games. I'm birthday. Um, as far as those like types of games go, you're talking about platformer. Yeah. One um, that kind of comes to mind to me that I really enjoyed. Um, gosh, I don't know. One that I caught my eye. I thought about trying out, but I haven't yet. Was Cuphead. It came out 2017, uh, kind of old timey cartoon type setting with Cuphead and Mughead, and yeah, it's just doing levels and then you fight a boss at the end. But well, that's not even what I'm talking about. I mean, maybe I just want like 75 levels on the next Tony Hawk, but just give me something where I have this level and there's a shit ton that I have to beat. But I don't have to go and search for, you know, level ups and shit like that. Like, I earn that through the levels. Non-RPGs, basically. Yeah. And I guess that's probably my team on 2K. But I don't know. It's just, to me, it's annoying when I just want to play something and play it through. And I'm sitting around on a Saturday. And I have to spend, I don't know, an hour and a half just searching for shit so I can move on to the next thing in order to try and fight the next person. Like that gets annoying to me, but I mean, are there any recommendations for, I don't know, casual people to just try and go and beat levels? Uh, lawn mowing simulator. Right. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. That's a great, that's a great question. Cause everything now really tries to get some sort of open world aspect. Right. And that's what I don't like about sports games now is if you really want to play the sports games, there's so many different things that you can do at one time. I'm like, no, just give me a fucking aspect that I need to be in a boss and that's fine. I'll just plug in my 64. That's I mean, are you are you talking like shooters or are you talking like Mario type platforming? Thing? Literally anything where I can just do a level like I miss the days of like Rainbow Six Vegas where I can go in and shoot things through a whole fucking level and then move on to the next thing without having to pick up, uh, you know, 75 things. Have you, the... have you played the newer Wolfenstein games? No. There is, so there's Wolfenstein, the New Order, and Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. um, the Old Blood. And usually these are on sale pretty often. They're they're linear shooters, but they are freaking awesome. Like they're they're they those were two of my favorite shooters of the Xbox One generation. Nice. So is that is that what I'm looking for? Is linear shooters? 
Yeah, yeah, linear would be what you'd probably be looking for. Okay. Because that's what Rainbow Six Vegas was, which those games were awesome too. I love those. Um, but Man, yes, the, the newer Wolfenstein games. I wasn't a huge fan of Wolfenstein 2, I believe is the new Colossus. I didn't mm -hmm. care for that. But yeah, the New Order and the Old Blood, those are two awesome shooters. Okay. That's what I am looking for. I don't know. Our audience audience is probably not looking for that. But, I mean, I'm just looking for something where I can play a level or, like, be in the middle of one, pause it, go check the smoker, come back, mm -hmm. and be right back in and not have to, like, you know, like I said, search for a whole shit ton of stuff. And nope, that, gets, that gets old of me. That's one of those series, and the, the, those they're pretty interesting because they're alternate history of World War II. So yep. it's it's what if what if Germany won World War II basically? So it's it's pretty sweet. Do you think he would like Sinua's sacrifice? Um, there are quite a few puzzles in it. It's it's a pretty awesome game, but there are some there are a lot of puzzles with it, which I actually had to look up quite often how to beat the puzzles. Um, Which, that's fine. I mean, if there's side puzzles here and there, that's not a big deal. But I'm, I'm, I'm just talking like... I bring this up all the time. Valhalla. I will never, ever probably yeah. even play that game anymore just because there's so much side shit that I have to deal with that I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to do level to this, level to that, level to the next one. Yeah. You know? The old Mario shit, which yep. maybe I'm just being an old curmudgeon and should probably just plug in my Super Nintendo and do that. No, like I said, with with linear shooters, I would for me, I would I would definitely go with with those Wolfenstein games. Um, it's hard with Sen with Senua because it's really they're really. Cool. Did you play it, Clark? I know I mentioned it. Too. I have not. It's an awesome game, and it's it's one of those deals where they tried to. If you play it with your headphones in, they try to make you feel a uh, mental illness of some sort hmm. um, with, with, with people talking and, you know, having multiple voices in your head as you're trying to do things. It's, it's an experience. That's, that's one way to say it is it's, it's, it's an experience, but it's, you've got some pain in the ass puzzles. Um, some of the combat is a little annoying. But yeah, it's definitely not open world where you have to go searching for a lot of things. You just have to solve puzzles in the environment. Yeah, and I shouldn't even like just say Mario, but like the old Halo games and stuff. I mean, you just kind of yeah. go to yeah. the next one. That's you, what it, I want. Some of my old favorites that were linear like Halo were the Bioshock games. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, so you're aware. You know, you've played them then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Infinite is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, God, what was the other one that had the curb stomp? Um, oh, Gears of War. Gears of War, those type of games. I'm not a good... I'm not very good at third-person shooter, but I, I will play those if it's just beat this level, move on to the next thing. Yeah. Did you uh, did you play Bioshock then? I did. Okay. Uh, the first one, yes. So Infinite isn't... It's not all. It's not really related to the first one that much. There's a little connection, but yeah. Infinite. I loved Infinite. Which I think, if you look, those 
you can usually get the Bioshock collection for like nine bucks on a sale. Yeah. So you have them all, which is Bioshock, Bioshock Two, uh, and Infinite. Perfect. That's that's what I'm looking for. I'm sorry to interrupt on the esports stuff, but no, you're good. Every time I look through the sales when they happen, I see Bioshock. I always like, oh, I should buy this and play them all again, but I, I hold off. Oh shit! What's the other Doomsday? The other Doomsday uh, series? God damn Fallout? it! Fallout. Uh, did you guys play that? Is that linear or is that something you got to go search for? Shit. It, it's open world RPG. Pick up everything, rob everything, craft stuff, ex- explore, and just pick up and steal everything. All right. Well, I won't do that. So. If we're going <laughs> to talk Fallout, we need to get Nolan on here. Yeah, that that's Nolan's cup of tea right there. Yeah. See, I, I just don't – I don't have that kind of time. I want something that – that's why I play 2K all the time because I can control how long I play based on you know a mm-hmm. game and then either – win or lose and move on to the next thing or not and when they started doing like the my team and i have to you know spend time debating on what cards i need to trade and shit i'm like you're losing me kid like i just get me i wish they could do like a basic set for all these things mm-hmm. and you could just get the basic move on you know linear type of thing and i would buy every game then like i I would spend thousands of dollars on just linear games but see and that is why i hate ubisoft right now like i used to buy every tom clancy game that came out Mm -hmm. the the rainbow sixes the Mm -hmm. ghost recons splinter cells that's my all-time favorite series but now everything's gone to open world ghost recon is a shell of its former self just absolutely terrible now right Splinter Cell's not even existing right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainbow Six is multiplayer only, just just uh, like Call of Duty. It's just mm-hmm. a, it's awful now, and and so everything going open world are making the stories worse, uh, making the gameplay worse, and it's just yeah, it's not enjoyable. Yeah, I mean Rainbow Six Vegas Two, I had four copies of. I yeah. had yeah. Uh, I had a Wii copy, I had uh, X360, I had a PS3, and an extra PS3, just in case that one scratched, because a PS3 scratched everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I miss those games. I, I miss having fun with all that shit. And we played so many drinking games mm-hmm. to Vegas, I mean, Terrorist Hunt. We would just, whoever died last, or died first, had to give up the controller, and then... I don't know, a lot of other stipulations, but whatever. I, I, I miss that. So, yeah. No, the 360 was definitely, I think, the best generation for those kind of games. Oh, man. I, I agree so much. Well, and then right. I guess going with shooters, just one, one quick thing that came out later today the 2023 Call of Duty is going to be delayed a year. So, this one, MW2, that's coming out this year will be. We'll have a two-year life cycle, so that's something different. Not good or bad? I I think think good. As long as they do it right, dude. Yeah, it's just it's. I don't know, man. With where they're at right now, I would say because they've rushed the last. I think Modern Warfare 
was the last game that they really put their time into. And you could really tell with the details in the game from, you know, when you have an empty clip, you, you, when you're reloading, there's no bullets in there. You know, there's small details like that where if the game's done well, Call of Duty does well. But now since everyone's seen the success of Warzone, and now that's what it's leading to is this, this Call of Duty in 2023. Isn't it just uh, Modern Warfare 2 at this point? Well, that's this one this year. Yeah. 2023 is whatever Treyarch does. Okay. I'd say it it just seems like, you know, I could care less on how many new games come out. Just just make it right. Because Cold War, you could tell it was rushed out to be out that Christmas. So you could have a whole new set of weapons going into, because they want to integrate it into Warzone. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Vanguard here. That one, it gets to be a bit unplayable. And now we're, you know, it, it feels like, for the Call of Duty series, everything's been leading into Warzone. It doesn't. It hasn't been even with the new gen console, which I've talked with you guys. I bought it specifically so I could play Warzone, you know. And now it's unplayable. I can't even get into a match, you, you know, on the newest console alone. If I was on my old one, and I don't know, man. I would rather hear they're taking that extra year and making the the game right than just trying to rush out another product. Cause I think they're probably starting to see people not buy the games anymore. Cause they realize it's just a piece of shit, you know, and who, why, why should I buy it? If it's not going to get into the next big BR or anything like that. I, uh, I've, I've enjoyed Vanguard, but what pisses me off is the matchmaking still sucks on it yeah. and they can, but they'll do an update that will make it. So there's snowfall um, on the main screen instead of it being summer. So they don't even pay attention. They don't even try to fix the things that matter. They just try to do cute cosmetics, and it's annoying as hell. Yeah. So and in that in that right there is the whole why I'm feeling good about them delaying it a year. I'd rather see them focus more on the actual you know content of it than like you say, oh, it's it, like a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's close to Valentine's Day now. There's hearts flying around the ground. Mm-hmm. Fuck mm-hmm. cares, you know? It. Can you imagine? Product. I haven't Can you even imagine tried to get to the new war zone yet? So I don't I guess I haven't checked to see if I have any issues with it. Just just imagine all the great, you know, seasonal things they're gonna have ready for you on that next new war zone, Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. They're just they're just gonna have, you know, snow and hearts flying for Valentine's Day and <laughs> turkeys you know, flying on Thanksgiving. Yeah, they're just gonna have all that stuff this ready for you. This new gun has a tracer that looks like hearts are flying behind it. I know the shit that they've been doing. They've been doing the same thing for two years and you know, they caught everyone right at the beginning of the pandemic and they had a good product and then they just tried to add too much. And I've even, you know, from the articles and stuff that I've read, they just talk about how it's bloated because you're trying to use three different games and three different models of weapons. And you, and I think I just said, but like, it's just bloated. There's too much shit in this game and they can't, you know, they just can't get it figured out. They, they change one line of code and all of a sudden, you know, characters don't have heads anymore and shit, or they're just invisible. Our cars are flying now. It's, it's just this, a show. The dumbest one for me was in Vanguard, where one of the skins or one of the characters operators, mm-hmm. you put a different skin on them, and you couldn't join any matches then because of it. Yep. Like, how does that happen? How does that even become an error? I don't get it. I don't understand <laughs> coding, but that seems like a ridiculous error to happen. I wonder if Microsoft um, in the, doing an acquisition of them is <laughs> has having any impact on this. 
I hope so, because it's probably going to be on their new Game Pass, so they're making sure, hey, we're going to delay this a year. You better have your shit in line, because we're not going to introduce a game that's going to be free, technically, to everyone. You know, you buy the pass, and same thing with Netflix. Everything is free, but you're paying that monthly subscription. I guarantee they make sure they have that shit on 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 uh, lockdown because if that if that comes out on you know their big acquisition and the first main game or second main game is unplayable on that they yeah not gonna be a good luck. Yep. It, is Trent asleep? Sorry, just just woke up. Sorry. Did you take Turbo on a walk? Take Turbo on a walk. Come on. No, it is too cold for that. Yeah. <laughs> My little dog, absolutely. He will. Reese, River you go is through not life. Us letting him out. You go through life being a shithead. <laughs> okay, like, or to that. Is, that's what I was <laughs> well, on that note, let's move to the movie minute. Everybody's favorite segment. Hey, Trent, one second. We have negative twenty-seven here in the Black Hills. What are you at? Oh, let me pull up the app here. Come on. Oh, we are the exact same. Ooh, look at us go. 27 below. All right, now we can move to the... Yep. That, that's, a, that's our weather talk. Let's move on to the minute. Joe, you want to lead lead this one, or you want me to with Rigeous Gemstones? Yes, bitch. I heard you. I'm pretending like I didn't. Okay. Maybe Billy Freeman. I'm, I'm doing Rigeous Gemstone quotes right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that didn't take as well as I thought it was going to. No, you, yeah. it basically sounded like you called me a bitch there for <laughs> throwing out the <laughs> for me. I did. This podcast sucks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> oh, come on. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. Well, let's liven it up. God is speaking to us on the waves. This is a miracle. It's not helping anything. Uh, anyway, Righteous <laughs> Gemstones. The best show HBO has put out, at least since Game of Thrones, um, probably, man, probably the best comedy they've ever put out. This is all about a very rich evangelical family that is very corrupt on the inside. Um, If anyone hasn't watched it yet, you need to. There's going to be some spoilers coming up. This is fucking Danny McBride's my favorite thing that he's ever done. It's so goddamn good. There's so many quotes and it's not even just him. Like his sister just, her name is Judy. Uh, She is very, very good at all of this. Uh, It's just a very well written, very well acted, very well put together comedy. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I would say it, it it's really, like, like you said, there, there's a bunch of, a lot of corruption here. Here they are try, being the, the righteous people that they are and, you know, give to the poor and, and, and do all this. And then they're going home to their gigantic mansion. It, it's basically what you imagine Joel Osteen does in, in his off time. You, you know, all of them have their, you know, multi-million dollar houses and they, all the money in the world they have, it could have, and then they're still not fulfilled, you, you know, so... Um, I would say it's, it's unfortunately, I wish we could have talked about this, uh, you know, sooner because it would have been fun to do kind of a season breakdown, kind of like we did with uh, Boba Fett. But this one's kind of lived up to the expectations with, you know, living into season two, there's been a couple big, you know, character arcs that have been uh, 
that have gone on throughout the throughout the season. The youngest, uh, Kelvin, he's kind of the the like black sheep of the family, and you know, in church terms, he's like the youth pastor because they don't take him seriously. Mm-hmm. And he's he's had a you know major character arch with him and his character and his development. And it, it's really it, as much as they it's a comedy and you get some good laughs with with um, Adam Devine and Danny McBride. And that's what it's kind of known for. It's also got some, you know, ki- kind of serious moments as well. It really, may, you know, it they, they do a very good job of mixing the comedy with the drama. in it. Yes. And I think that Danny McBride, his whole he, he's not a I'm going to punch you in the face of my comedy, but he's going to backhand you with this is fucking funny and the kids the 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 three siblings just make the whole series like everything that they do and they talk to each other it, it's just so fucking funny um clark just recently binged this and i want to hear his take i i but yeah i'm just going to go with clark's take first so i agree the three of them are what make the show and it's pretty much about them vying for the approval of their father who's played mm-hmm. by john goodman he's yep. the character of eli um, the most amazing all right or not r.i.p but just raise the hands yep yeah it i mean and so he raised up these kids super bratty none of them are good they're only in the church biz because it makes them rich mm-hmm. and yeah it, it, it's got a lot of hilarity through it. So before we get into spoilers and stuff, what did you think of it, Clark? As far as the show? Yeah. I, I thought it was funny. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it. All right. I mean, would you give it like a 6 out of 10? 7 oh, out of 10? I, I'd probably say like an 8. There we go. Yes. I, I, you know, and... Like I, I binged all this, and so I watched episode eight. It must have been Sunday evening, whenever I got home. But that mm. was that's the last uh, episode currently up for season two. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I, I kind of wish it, it would just drop everything, so I could watch it all. That, mm-hmm. Having having to wait sucks. Well, if you if you wanted to wait like two more weeks, the finale's next week. So right. <laughs> you almost. I <laughs> know. Uh, I don't know. Brian, where are you sitting on this whole thing? On the, the show itself or just where mm-hmm. I'm at, like actually watching it? Well, let's go to the show, show itself, first of all. Yeah, I'd say 8 out of 10 is, is pretty good because there, there's some moments where it's a little o- over the top on just the, like how shitty of people they are. And and I've never been – I know you love Vice Principals, and, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been – I've never been a huge Danny McBride. Per- He's just that eastbound, eastbound and down, that brash kind of comedy. I, I can get behind it from time to time. Sometimes it's just over the top, and I, it, it is what it is. That That's probably the one thing that brings it down, but I don't know. I, I do absolutely love um, you know watching it week to week because you have the – like you said, you, you just have the these the shitty kids that are just trying to, uh, like Clark said, vie for their father's attention. You have the oldest, you know, they're thinking in a biblical sense where I'm the oldest. I, you know, I'm the next in line, even if he's not the most qualified. And 
it's I, I would say eight out of ten is pretty good. I, I would definitely want to see how this finale ends here for sure. I a hundred percent agree with that. I I would also put it at eight of ten. Um, I think it was kind of struggling a bit until the finale of the last season. Uh, the 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 first season's finale, where all the kids were sitting together. And if you haven't watched yet, I'm sorry for spoilers, but there's a scene where they're just like sitting on there, just like licking their wounds, and uh, <laughs> Judy goes. Well, because all the kids are sitting there giving compliments to each other. And then Judy's like, well, what do you guys think of me? And Jesse goes, well, yeah, Judy, you'll, you'll get all the men that, you know, want to sleep with you. And they'll do what they can and make you happy. And Kelvin goes, yeah, yeah, Judy, just all the men, those come to you. And she goes, well, sh-. Judy goes, well, will they lick my butthole? Like, <laughs> I, I just want yeah. them to lick my butthole. That is the epitome of the whole fucking season and the whole fucking uh, the whole show. It is such a good show of comedy just with like outside of the box shit. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Sometimes they lose me. Sometimes it's just it's over the top on on some of the vulgar. But like you said, that that's why you watch it. And some of these scenes mm-hmm. where like. You, you know, you learn about um, Eli's past now, his his troubled past as a pastor. And, you, you know, just the funny visual of here's this pastor that's preaching forgiveness and, you, you know, and everything else. And then you see him snap his son's thumbs, you, you know, or, you know, there, right. there's there's so many just I wouldn't say that's the funniest part. It's it just so like you, you never think you'd ever see that in your life. And then here's the show that brings it to life. Right, and there's so many layers to it, and mm-hmm. the the wedding scene from this year, like it was, is such a good show that everyone should just watch it as much as they can. Um, I I really really enjoyed the baby Billy parts this year, and it, that gets deep into you know broken relationships and broken parenthood, and they they kind of try to dive into it, and then all of a sudden you get a star character and it's just fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Walton Goggins is terrific by the way. Yes, very much. And I I love who they brought in to play his grown-up uh first child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yep, yeah. without giving yeah. out spoilers, th- this is HBO's thing is they're diving into that family head first, really. Yep. Between this and Succession. Yeah, I would. I would definitely. I would say we we can. I, I think next week we should go a little bit more in depth on on the actual finale. But I would definitely recommend for anyone looking for a different show to be watching. I would say this is a this is one of them. You know, we're, after next week, they're gonna, you're going to have two full seasons or about forty minutes mm-hmm. each. And, and again, I know a lot of ours are HBO. Unfortunately, it might be not everyone has it, but I would say it's definitely one of those shows where if you're going to have HBO, that it's. It's short enough where you don't have to, like you say, it's always daunting where I want to watch a Sopranos or The Wire. And it's like, great, I have, you know, 60 hours ahead of me. This one, you have about 24 and, you know, two seasons. And then you're actually caught up. And then, you know, season three will be coming out, I, I would assume, next year at this point. But Right. And this this show, right out the gate, all the siblings just argue with each other. And you get the comedy right away. And that doesn't falter throughout the rest of the series. 
I love it so much. Absolutely. No, I'm not, I didn't say I. Other than that, man, I don't think we we've already talked of the uh, bad sport here. Um, it looks like the only other thing we want to talk about uh, is the uh, who, who put in just about the Batman. Uh, I did. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Wh- when when is that officially coming out? Do you know? Uh, March fourth, I believe. Nice. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get our tickets in the next couple days, so I'll be seeing it next week and. In two weeks, I guess I'll have a review for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm for sure going to go go to that opening night as well. I think that comes out. It, I guess that would be that next Thursday, Thursday, Friday, morning, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. When, are when are you, you go- going to stay awake? That, that's what I was about to ask. When are you watching the second time so <laughs> yeah. we know when we can actually talk about it? No, I was I just yeah. stay sober on it. I, I think I've really started to come down with the plan where I just need to go in. You, you know, I need to go to either the early show on like if I'm going opening night or I need to take like a two hour nap before I go to the movie. Cause yeah, if, yeah. if I just do a full day of work and then try and do that, it won't happen. Nice. That's next week. You said, yeah, next yeah. week. Nice. I'm going to buy tickets right now. Yep. Uh, and, and, and there's a lot of, uh, it, I would say it sounds like this one's got like the Riddler, the, the penguin, I don't know. Um, is it, it's Colin Firth, right? Or, fa- or Feral, which, which Feral. Feral. I would say they, they all look really good. Um, and then they got the, the new, um, Catwoman and stuff. I, I'm interested. It look it looks a little grittier. That's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright's in there as well. And I, everything since golly, I would say he was in a uh, Westworld a couple seasons ago in the very first season. And since then about every project he's been in, he's been pretty solid. So I love I'm, the darker tone to it. Yeah, it, absolutely. Because Mar- Marvel's Marvel's got the kooky, quirky, you know, comic book stuff down. That you know, they they got their own lane. I think DC they've been trying to do the Snyderverse, the grittier stuff, and show a different side of things. So I was going to ask about this since we're talking about the Batman. Uh, I've seen a lot of shit about the Snyderverse versus uh, God. The That's guy like that... basically dead, isn't it? Well, it came back up on Twitter this week. I mean, does anyone watch anything that's not Snyder, that's DC? I mean, Snyder did so well. I know it was a four-hour... Nolan trilogy. What's that? The Christopher Nolan trilogy. Well, right. Yes. But since then, with, like, Justice League, with the new... Since Ben Affleck's been the new Batman, like... The best thing that they put out is anything that Snyder's done, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would, I would say, mm. I know they have they have decent animation for DC, and I'm not too much into that. But I, I know Snyder. I think I think if they would have, uh, if everything with the you know personal stuff going on with his family when they're making the movie, if they mm-hmm. hadn't changed it completely up, and if they would have. It sounds like with Warner, like with Warner Brothers as well, they tried mm-hmm. to um, limit his time when he was made. Like he wanted to make the you know three four hour long movie, and he didn't want to make the edits he needed to, or, or that they wanted him to, and they wanted him to cut, make it a ninety minute movie. You, you know, so he, you could tell in that original cut that there's a lot of parts of the story and a lot of stuff that was just skipped over characters that you know seemed significant in the scene, but you didn't know even know their name. You, you know. I, I I watched I watched the Snyder cut 
golly, I think it was the weekend it came out that four hour, mm -hmm. and that was yep. it, it. Was weird how watching it four hours usually, you, you know, I'm being a millennial now. I've got to take stuff at about thirty minutes at a time, to, you know, check my phone and stuff. And that was actually oddly enough watching a movie that I've seen most of it before, you know, rewatching it how he intended it to be made, and uh, you know. I almost watch it straight through for four hours. Yeah. I, I mean, I would watch that again and again. That, that Snyder cut was so good. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it went deeper and darker than it. Not that it needed to be deeper and darker, but it was so much better that way. Mm -hmm. It no, sure but... seems like the DC is trying to hit it hard this year. They've got like four movies coming out. Uh, starting off with the Batman, then we have Black Adam with The Rock coming out this summer, mm -hmm. following that up with The Flash in November, and ending it with another Aquaman movie come December. So they're they're I think I, I think they're hitting it hard. Mm -hmm. well, I'm curious to see how how they all go. I I, th I think I agree. I think they're hitting their they might finally be hitting their stride. But man, they just screwed it up initially because they saw the, you know, here's Marvel and the Avengers and the team up movie. And the reason why the team up movie worked for, you know, for like the Avengers is they had four full movies to, you know, that, you know, have the uh, create a backstory for all of these characters. And you only introduce one or two, you know, or maybe even one. Actually, I think it was only one new character. And then you have, you know, the the uh, Justice League where it was basically two and a half Superman movies, which everyone knows who Superman is. You know, they, they have the two biggest characters in comic books with Batman and Superman. And, you know, they, they do the movies on them to get people in, but then you don't explain the other three characters. You know, I think, and then they had the one Wonder Woman. That was probably the best movie they've made, even more than Justice League in the four-hour Snyder Cut. That, that was probably the best one they've made. And then they just jumped in the team-up movie and not introduced half the people and, like you said, it was rushed and not what Snyder would have or could have done. I never saw the second Wonder Woman, but I heard it was pretty terrible. Yeah, that one was bad. <laughs> but at that point, Justice League was ruined anyways. You might as well just cash out and get as much as you can at that point. They're, they're definitely trying to, to get, get the money for the, oh, remember the 80s nostalgia? It was... It, it wasn't good. Right. And... I think that the second Suicide Squad was amazing. I mean, I should I say I still amazing. haven't seen that one. It's very, very much, I don't know, it's ten times better than the first one. And then it also gives way to other characters like Peacemaker. That whole series on HBO is good. Um, it's, it's nothing that you should like stop watching whatever you're watching to watch, but it's still very, very good, uh, which you didn't have with any other DC things. DC is very, very good at the CGI and everything else, and their comics are way better than Marvel's, but they can't tell the story movies like Marvel does. Marvel is very good at that compared to DC. Is that the Favreau effect? It's got to be. It's got to be something. I mean, I mean, right now the best two, you know, projects lately coming out of DC that are directly related to their, you know, their Marvel universe, their D, you know, DC universe 
have been suicide the second suicide squad run by mm-hmm. an ex marvel you know director and then their second best you know tv series has been peacemaker run by the same guy you know right. so he does kind of that gritty but he also has those the 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 marvel quirky comedy moments in there but he you know he can get just as good with serious and and the soundtracks have been good on in both of those movies too. So I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I, I mean, I think DC they need to keep doing what they're doing with the a, a different path. You're you're not going to out, you, you know, you're not going to do what Marvel's doing. You got to change it up and be different compared to them. If they can do with the Batman what they did with uh, with Joker, I think that would be fantastic because they're going for the darker tone i don't i guess i don't know what you guys thought about joker i love joker it's yeah. it's it's uh, it definitely goes really far with what it tries to do but i i love that movie yeah nope exactly and then you know even go past that so then your next best dc project lately has been joker and that doesn't even tie into the whole main universe right which hopefully they they decide to go ahead. I think they've talked about doing a Joker too, so hopefully hopefully they tie it into this Batman. Uh, I don't know. I, honestly, I'd be okay with it just being the one off, you know, offhand, not related to anything. It, it it was a good movie. I think if you make a second one, though, I think it kind of tarnishes what the first one did. And I think you kill Joaquin Phoenix if you do that, just in real life, so he doesn't come back. No, I mean, I just think that if you try to do another Joker the way he does, yeah, it, it, you're usually gonna kill him. He's uh, he's pulling Heath Ledger, is what you're saying? Oof. Yeah, he he's just he's more of a method actor. I mean, now that we know what method actors are, mm-hmm. um, he is very much a method actor. And from the reports that I've read and everything, that that was very taxing on him. Which I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was it was going into a place nobody wants to go to. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy though? You look at the director for that, Todd Phillips. I mean, he he does the Hangover, and then he goes and does the Joker. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about somebody that can do two different arts at you know at a top of the top tier level, basically. Hey, uh, you know, as long as these you know these studios give them the freedom to make what they can make, it's like you said, it's funny. I mean, how many of these serious or these uh, funny comedy actors now they do serious roles? Like you know, Chris Rock was in the latest Saw movie, and you know, it, mm-hmm. there's there's so many of these roles now where ever I think there's a lot of people giving them a shot. I mean, hell, they've done it kind of the opposite way. Mark Wahlberg's done a few comedies, you know, for his comedic timing. John Cena used to be. I remember going to the to the theater, seeing the Marine in theaters by <laughs> ninety minutes of buildings blowing up and and you know him kicking ass and like now he's got he's you know he's got some pretty decent you know comedic timing in these movies that he does. So it's well, look at uh, look at like Bradley Cooper. I mean, he I've absolutely freaking hated his guts and Wedding Crashers, and then he's a great director great writer it's it's pretty cool to see what these people can do yeah and he he just scores really well in silver linings playbook and shit like that i mean i really like bradley cooper when he's with jennifer lawrence i don't know if that's a uh a tandem that they have to do forever but every time they're together um i can't remember what the other gangster movie they were in together american gangster American game. Well, there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're just they're just so good together. 
And Bradley Cooper is very, very good. No, absolutely, man. All right. Well, Trent, should we wrap this thing up? Let's wrap this thing up. Um, Again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, We want to hear from you. So uh, let us know what we can do better, what we can uh, talk about. Uh, We will listen. Joey, how can those people get a hold of us? Hit us up on our DMs at Heartland Pulse via Twitter and Instagram. And look us up on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Pulse of the Heartland. You'll find us. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Appreciate you. Go Michigan Panthers.